Gina Carano. Mr. Reagan. Gina Carano was fired from the show The Mandalorian last Wednesday. Apparently, they fired her after people on Twitter started posting the hashtag FireGinaCarano. And Lucasfilm, which is owned by Disney, said, Oh, the woke mob wants us to fire Gina Carano. I guess we better listen to them. The truth is, Disney has wanted to fire her for a long time now, because of course, Gina Carano is a conservative, and Disney and Lucasfilm are both woke SJW companies, and they find deplorables like Gina Carano problematic. Apparently, her great offense was posting this meme. Jews were beaten in the streets, not by Nazi soldiers, but by their neighbors, even by children. Because history is edited, most people today don't realize that to get to the point where Nazi soldiers could easily round up thousands of Jews, the government first made their own neighborhoods hate them simply for being Jews. How is that any different from hating someone for their political views? Now, I love this sentiment. It's sad that in America today, the supposed liberal political faction has instilled such hate in the hearts and minds of their adherents, hate against conservatives, that we feel compelled to post things like this. Interestingly, this post says nothing about which political faction is being suppressed and which political faction is doing the suppressing. The sentiment is merely that hating somebody for their political views is a horrible thing to do and can lead to violence against innocent people. There's really nothing controversial about this at all. Now, obviously, leftists know what's going on in America. They see that conservatives are being persecuted. If you read some of the tweets, it's clear that they understand who the victims are here. DJ RN Culture writes, did she just compare the Holocaust to being a Republican? No, no, she didn't. Culture Crave writes, Fire Gina Carano is trending on Twitter after Gina Carano shared an Instagram story that compared being a Republican to being a Jew during the Holocaust. Again, no, she didn't. MandoFest simply wrote, absolutely disgusting. <laughs> Again, no, it wasn't. So these leftists, they, they know who the victim is here, uh, even without the information being presented in the meme. And the meme doesn't actually imply what they're saying it does. It doesn't say anything about the Holocaust. It specifically addresses the irrational hatred of Jews by the German people at the time. This is a tweet about irrationally hating people. It's a tweet about the evils of bigotry. So I guess we've reached a point in American culture that Democrats are actually firing people for posting tweets against bigotry. Unbelievable. The irony in all of this is that Gina Carano was obviously addressing the persecution of conservatives in America today. And for criticizing that persecution, she was persecuted. <laughs> Disney has actually proved her point by firing her. It's sad because Disney was at one point a very principled, respectable company back when it was run by Walt. But now it's become just the opposite. And while Disney may think that it's good for business to bow to the woke mob, this kind of woke insanity will very likely end up destroying Disney. Now, Lucasfilm and Disney are both chock full of nasty left-wing psychos and even people who are clearly racist against white people. But first, I want to talk about the most egregious hypocrisy over at Lucasfilm. The lead actor in The Mandalorian is Pedro Pascal, and this guy is a total leftist tool. He has fully consumed like an entire water cooler full of leftist Kool-Aid. I mean, I think this is one guy who is pretty irredeemably left-wing. But the hypocrisy here comes from several of his tweets 
which are actually far worse than anything Gina Carano has posted. Now, he's posted a ton of nasty tweets, but I'm just going to point out two here because they're memes and they're really directly comparable to what Gina Carano posted. So first, I want to show you this. He posted this meme, which directly compares Trump supporters to Nazis. So there you go. Exactly the same thing Carano is being accused of, but in the reverse. And of course, Carano's meme never actually made any such comparisons. Pascal also posted this meme, which compares kids at the U.S.-Mexico border with Jews during the Holocaust. This is precisely the comparison that they're falsely acclaiming that Gina Carano made. Now, there are two things that are particularly egregious about this. First of all, Gina Carano never compared Jews during the Holocaust to anyone. She was making a point about persecuting people. That's it. And the second horrible thing is that Pedro Pascal's post doesn't even use a photo of Mexican kids at the U.S. border. This is actually a photo of kids in Palestine waiting for food at a soup kitchen. You see the buckets there that the kids are holding? Those are to take food back home to their families. Here's the kids in that same entrance from another angle. And these are kids in that soup kitchen being fed. I mean, this is not just a bad comparison. This is doctored nonsense. It's your typical leftist propaganda distorting reality in order to paint Trump supporters as pure evil, comparing Trump, as usual, to Adolf. But does he get fired from Disney? Of course not, because his utterly inappropriate evocation of Jews and Nazis is sanctioned by the left. They like that sort of thing. If a conservative posted a doctored image like that, they would have some kind of suspension. The tweet would have like a caption underneath saying that this is a doctored photo. They, they probably get banned at this point because Twitter's insane. But a leftist does it. He's still got his blue check. The photo doesn't have any kind of warning. He doesn't get banned. He doesn't get suspended. Nothing. No consequence. If the left did not have double standards, they wouldn't have any standards at all. Now, because of the firing of Gina Carano, tons of conservatives have canceled their subscription to Disney+. And Disney is now placing most of their chips on Disney+. Plus, It's been a huge revenue stream for them. And considering that their feature films are not going into theaters at the moment because of the pandemic, and because their theme parks have been shut down around the world because of COVID, Disney is hemorrhaging money. Disney Plus has basically saved the company. And The Mandalorian is the primary reason that people signed up for Disney+. Plus. In fact, The Mandalorian is five times more popular than anything else on Disney+. Plus. That is a hell of a statistic. And it's a phenomenal show. If you want to watch some epically entertaining videos, type Mandalorian Season 2 Finale Reaction into YouTube. I mean, these are truly amazing videos. Oh, look at his face. Look at his face. Wait, 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 wait. And many of the people who love The Mandalorian absolutely love Gina Carano. I remember when she first appeared on the show, I checked Twitter to see how people reacted to her character, and they were going mental. Now, one of the most significant demographics that subscribe to Disney Plus are conservatives. Think about it. Anybody with kids who wants access to the entire Disney library, they're going to subscribe to Disney Plus. 
They've got all the old Saturday morning cartoons that people my age grew up with. They, they've got all the old movies. And, and anybody my age who's a Star Wars fan and loves The Mandalorian, because let's face it, it's the only Star Wars product that in any way resembles the original trilogy. Well, us old school Star Wars fans, we're going to sign up specifically to watch The Mandalorian. But now, Disney's no longer just hemorrhaging money from their films and their theme parks. Now they're hemorrhaging Disney Plus subscribers to the last successful division at Disney. But honestly, even with the COVID problem, they don't actually need to be losing money. Over at Disney, they've probably been telling themselves that, uh, you know, their problem is COVID. And yeah, okay, that's a primary issue. But your decisions have actually exacerbated your financial problems. Disney could have had a bulwark in place against problems like COVID had they taken a politically neutral position over the past few decades. But sadly, they've become ever more woke over the years. And this has eroded any support they might have had from conservatives in America. They put all their eggs in the woke basket. And as we often say in conservative circles, get woke, go broke. I mean, it's not just a catchy phrase. It's very true. I personally contributed to Gillette losing $8 billion. This was all because of an ad Gillette ran insinuating that white men were bad people who needed to improve their behavior. I created a parody of this ad that got over a million views. Look at this guy. Look at him mansplaining all over the place. Disgusting. That's you, men. That's all American men. We at Gillette, we don't like this. We're good people at Gillette. Look, another soulless ginger. This time he's fighting with his brother. Boys are so evil. They must have learned this from their toxically masculine fathers. Gillette disapproves of fathers. Gillette disapproves of gingers. They have no soul. Gillette disapproves of the term, boys will be boys. Boys will be boys. We think you use it to excuse everything, rapists. This was actually my first popular YouTube video, so thanks, Gillette. You may have lost $8 billion, but I gained a YouTube channel. Now, after Gillette posted this ridiculous ad, tons of conservatives threw out their Gillette products, including myself. To this day, I refuse to buy Gillette. And here's the thing. They didn't have to lose that money. They didn't have to lose those customers. Just don't make idiotic ads that attack your customer base. Like, how difficult is that to figure out? You sell razors to men. Don't attack men for being evil jerks. Because... Look, conservatives are pretty easygoing. We don't tend to cancel companies just because they don't share our political beliefs like the left does. We're cool if you're a company run by Democrats, just so long as you don't actively attack conservatives or white people or men or Christians. And that's the problem with Gillette at the moment. I feel like this started with something called Gay Day over at Disneyland. This uh, started in the 1990s. And I remember that conservative Christian parents were like, what? <laughs> In 2021, homosexuality is so ubiquitous that you can hardly turn on the television without seeing a gay couple in a TV show or a commercial. But in the 1990s, LGBT folks were trying to get gay marriage legalized and they were making quite a fuss. The primary instrument of protest was the gay parade. And I went to one of these once. Let me tell you, this was possibly the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. The gay parades were intended to be provocative. I mean, I guess this was to fight back against mainstream society or something like that. I don't know. But it was like dudes walking around with their penises hanging out, trans dudes bare-chested with their implants, you know, massive penises just about everywhere, paper mache, blow up, whatever it was. It, it was like just like sexual stuff everywhere. The entire parade was just penises and overt sexual stuff. And that was what the gay community was in the 1990s. They basically made homosexuality all about sex and 
really in the most disgusting, provocative ways they could imagine. And they were very anti-Christian. They often used old churches as nightclubs. The most famous club in L.A. is called the Abbey, for instance. And anyway, they, they hated Christians, and they were all about provocative sex and nudity. And, and this was the gay brand, you might say. And these were the people doing the gay days over at Disneyland. And this wasn't an official Disney thing, but Disney certainly accepted it. They facilitated it. And they, they leaned into it as opposed to stepping back from it. And that, it seems to me, was the beginning of this road that they've taken. I mean, you've got a children's company, and it's oddly involved with this overtly sexual subculture. Naturally, conservative parents were concerned by this. And they had every reason to be concerned by it because Disney has really devolved into the worst of all decadent woke companies in America. Let me explain something about just how radical left Disney has become. Disney has actually endured a lot of criticism in the past few years because of their wokeness. The most infamous issue has been with their treatment of Star Wars, which has been an utter disaster. Kathleen Kennedy taking over Star Wars was the primary driver of this disaster. Who is Kathleen Kennedy? Kathleen Kennedy is the CEO of Lucasfilm. She took over the company after George Lucas sold it to Disney. That's quite an important title, CEO. So she must have made her way up in the industry as a writer or director or investor or some other, you know, important thing, right? Oh no, 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 no. Kathleen Kennedy was Steven Spielberg's personal assistant. That's the whole reason she's successful in Hollywood. That's it. She got lucky. She was the personal assistant of somebody great, and so naturally, she's been able to trick people into thinking that she's great too. George Lucas actually handpicked her as his successor because he thought that she was somebody he could trust to honor his original vision of Star Wars. But as soon as she took over, Kathleen Kennedy seemed to throw out everything that made Star Wars great. And then she replaced his original vision with SJW garbage. Upon taking over the franchise, she quickly announced that the Force is female, and she proceeded to feminize every aspect of the Star Wars universe. She killed off Luke Skywalker, she killed off Han Solo, and she turned Princess Leia into some kind of magical Jedi genius because they couldn't have white men as heroes anymore. That would not be woke. In fact, the writers of Rogue One outright stated that the Empire was now being written as a white supremacist organization and that the rebels were all people of color and women. And uh, that's what the entire Star Wars franchise has now become. The great irony of all of this, of course, is that Kathleen Kennedy has spearheaded numerous efforts over at Lucasfilm designed to popularize strong female heroes. That's her primary goal. However, each and every effort has failed utterly. And the irony I speak of is that Cara Dune, the character played by Gina Carano, Cara Dune was a popular, strong female hero. I mean, after Leia, I think Cara Dune was probably the only seriously popular female character in all of Star Wars. <laughs> this is just hilarious to me. Kathleen Kennedy sets out to make strong female characters, fails miserably, Favreau comes in, and he does exactly that, and then Kennedy fires her. Like, what? And the really ironic thing is that Gina Carano herself is a strong female in real life. Imagine working for a company that will likely destroy your livelihood if you express your personal and your political beliefs. But you have so much damn integrity that you express them anyway. I mean, Gina Carano is a legend. 
But Kathleen Kennedy, she doesn't understand what it actually means to be a strong woman because she's just a personal assistant who got lucky. She's one of these rich white leftists up in their ivory towers who understand nothing about how the world really works, but they're so damn smug because they're rich that they think they're smarter than everybody else, and they want to dictate their idiotic ideas to everybody, and they never actually stop and take stock of what they're doing, and so they never realize that everything they're doing is totally wrong. Her problem, of course, as I've said many times, and I'll say many times again, the reason that Favreau can create popular strong female characters and Kathleen Kennedy cannot, is that when you prioritize a political message and you neglect story and you neglect character development, well, you're always going to fail. And that's why The Mandalorian is such a huge success. Because Jon Favreau, the creator of The Mandalorian, he is not a woke SJW snowflake. Now, this is probably a massive secret, so don't go spreading it around, but Jon Favreau, I suspect is a conservative. If he's not conservative, he's at least a right-leaning libertarian. Now, why do I think this? Well, several reasons. Consider that he's basically the last major Hollywood director that actually still hires straight white men. Pedro Pascal, the actor playing Mando, is actually Hispanic, and he is a leftist snowflake degenerate. But consider that Favreau hired Bill Burr to play a huge guest-starring role on The Mandalorian. Bill Burr, if you don't know, is a libertarian comedian. He's extremely crass, but he is hilarious. She goes, well, why does a guy make more an hour to do the exact same job? I go, well, I'll tell you why. Because in the unlikely event that we're both on a Titanic and it starts to sink, for some f***ed up reason, you get to leave with the kids and I have to stay. That's why I get the dollar more an hour. Let me ask you a question. How many of those white people in evil movies are they going to make? <laughs> It's like, it's all the way down to swimming. You know? I'm starting to run out of white guilt, you know? It's all the way down to swimming, and I gotta admit, I don't think I give a You know? These movies, like, the characters aren't even believable. Like, they always have to have, like, that, the the -the over-the-top, uninhibited white racist character, you know? You know that guy? He's a guy, like, uh, he's supposed to represent all the white evil, you know? He's like the dude they always have, like, screaming during the movie trailer. They'd be like, they were the first all-black swim team. Get out of the pool! He's got, like, a big vein in his forehead. He's just screaming Look, not even looking around, you know? Like, the kid doesn't even have a f-ing chance. Like, this whole thing, like, uh, gender roles. Babies. By the way, that, my little experience being a dad going to kid birthday parties... They, those kids are not old enough for that behavior to be learned. Dude, the kids come, the boys show up, it is f***ing Braveheart. They come <laughs> over the f***ing hill. Yep. The, the, the girls are social. They're sitting there, they're kind of, they're taking things in. You know, the kids, boys come in, they f***ing. Th- and my thing with that is there's no way you're not saying to your son, you're sure you don't want to wear the dress? And then the kid wants to f***ing, wants the parents' approval. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't want that football. I yeah. guess I wanted the dress. And yeah. it's just like, like I said, you know, my kid's barely two. So what the f*** do I know? I'm just saying my limited experience at kids' birthday parties is it's not even I, how it was ever even questioned. That like they're too f***ing, too young. They're f***ing year and a half, two years old. Like you're telling me that society has exactly. already. Yeah. 
that's not all. John Favreau's best friend is Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn has spoken out about being a libertarian in the past. In January of 2020, Vince Vaughn was caught speaking with Donald Trump at the college championship football game. Oh, oh, that horrible person speaking with Donald Trump. Donald Trump and Vince Vaughn were friendly, and Vaughn actually, get this, shook Donald Trump's hand. <laughs> what a monster. And of course, the left went into their typical leftist meltdown mode. Reading through the leftist comments on the original tweet is pretty funny. They wrote things like, Vince Vaughn had to go out of his way to shake hands with the Ku Klux Klan leader. And uh, they also wrote, uh, Vince Vaughn, explain yourself. <laughs> and they also wrote, I'll never watch another movie with him in it. Never. <laughs> and my personal favorite, if you're wondering how Trump got so many votes, it's your friends, neighbors, and Vince Vaughn. <laughs> <laughs> that one cracked me up. Vince Vaughn once said in an interview with British GQ magazine, Governments claim to write endless laws to protect us. A law for this, a law for that. But are they working? I don't think so. The consequences are that there is this staggering loss of freedom for the individual. I love that. That is a brilliant statement. He also strongly supports the Second Amendment, and he made an eloquent defense of it in that same interview. So the way I see it, if Vince Vaughn is such a, a strong, right-leaning libertarian, it's likely that his best friend is at least sympathetic to his ideas. But I think the most convincing thing that tells me that Favreau is not a woke leftist is that he never talks about politics. And Hollywood folks that don't talk about politics, well, those are the conservatives. So I think it's pretty obvious if you know all of this and you watch his films, Favreau is, at the very least, not a woke SJW leftist and possibly even a conservative. But I think more likely he's a right-leaning libertarian like his buddy Vince Vaughn. And his political views, I believe, are absolutely critical because I've said for quite a long time now that Hollywood scripts have basically become crap because of the injection of so much virtue signaling about woke politics. If your priority is make sure there are strong female characters, that black people are glorified, and that white men are the bad guys, well, then you're not prioritizing what you should be prioritizing, which is telling a good story. And I've surmised that if we could find a conservative writer or a conservative director out there in Hollywood, we'd see some good stuff coming out of Hollywood once again. Because conservatives, well, we're not restricted by leftist ideology. We can just focus on telling good stories. And what do we end up finding out? Well, just that the most successful movie franchise in the past decade, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, was basically created off the back of a right-leaning white guy, John Favreau. I was right. And so it turns out that the positive form of get woke, go broke is also true. Get rationally conservative and become wildly successful. Doesn't have quite the same ring to it, but it's an important truth to recognize. But Disney and Lucasfilm, they don't realize this. <laughs> John Favreau is the only good thing to happen to Disney in recent years, and it's because he's not woke. And now with the firing of Gina Carano, they're even ruining his stuff. And I'd just like to make a quick point about Star Wars in particular, which is that there are some extremely serious Star Wars fans. I mean, I mean, people are obsessed with Star Wars. And this community, I mean, it's not always in agreement as to what's a good direction and what's a bad direction. But I've watched a lot of YouTube videos, you know, when I wrote the script for this video, and two of the best resources I found were a channel called Clownfish TV, 
Uh, these guys were actually my primary source for most of the information in this video. And another channel called Star Wars Theory. And this guy is like a mega fan, which, which makes him a lot of fun to watch. But when I'm talking about what I think makes a, a Star Wars project good, I'm talking about stuff that isn't just attractive to these mega fans. I'm talking about stuff that's attractive to general audiences. And when you find someone that's a big hit for any movie or TV show or whatever, somebody like Gina Carano, you go with it. Because finding a star, finding out who your star is, finding out what the element is within a project that everybody just loves, that's an incredibly valuable thing. That doesn't always happen for TV shows. That doesn't always happen for movies. So you definitely need to go with it. And Gina Carano was one of the most popular figures in the Star Wars universe. I would say that she was probably the most popular female character since Leia in the original series. So firing her? <laughs> Big mistake. Meanwhile, other major players in the development of the new Star Wars products, they are actually embroiled in controversy themselves, but they escape any Disney retribution because they're leftists. At Lucasfilm, there has been, for some time now, a bit of a civil war, a power struggle between Kathleen Kennedy, the, the CEO of Lucasfilm, and a second camp of Star Wars producers around Jon Favreau and a guy named Dave Filoni. Dave Filoni is considered by many fans as a sort of second coming of George Lucas. He worked on a show called The Clone Wars, and he's helped to create The Mandalorian with Jon Favreau. Now, the reason for this power struggle is obvious. The new Star Wars films with Rey and the other characters that I don't remember the names of, uh, films that intentionally killed off Luke and Han, these films did not do nearly as well as Disney would have liked. There was massive fan backlash, and none of the toys are selling, which has historically been a major revenue stream with Star Wars. Collecting Star Wars toys is actually massively popular with some adults who grew up watching Star Wars. It's not just something that kids buy anymore. It's big business. And Kenner just released a new toy line to celebrate the 50th anniversary of Lucasfilm. And it's very telling that the new toy line has all the original trilogy characters, Luke, Leia, Han, etc. And it's also got characters from The Mandalorian, but it's got no characters from the new film trilogy. Zero. And the reason for the success of The Mandalorian is obvious to fans of the original trilogy. The guys who created The Mandalorian actually like the old films. And you don't get that sense from the, the new movies. And in fact, and in fact, I'm going to go off script here for a second because uh, of some of the stuff that I watched uh, about what's going on at Lucasfilm. Apparently, they actually had, when they were making the new movies with Rey and, and killing off Luke and killing off Han and celebrating women in the forces female and all that crap. Apparently at Lucasfilm at the time, they had pictures of Luke Skywalker with like lines through them. And there was this, I guess there was this idea that they had that like Luke was like the representation of toxic masculinity. <laughs> like that was like a thing. And so killing off Luke was this intentional thing. Like we're killing off the old school. We're killing off the, the toxic fandom. Um, and they really, they, they call it that. They say that there's this toxic fandom that are fans of the original trilogy, fans of Luke Skywalker. And it's just, it's unbelievably disrespectful to fans of Star Wars. And people, people who don't respect the original trilogy should not be making these films because the fans are, I mean, they truly love these movies. And you're just like messing with people's childhood, childhood 
you're just messing with people's, you know, the, the American culture in a way. And to me, it's very sad. But with The Mandalorian, The Mandalorian actually seems to respect the original trilogy. The people who made The Mandalorian are fans of the original trilogy, and that's why it's successful. They're not trying to rewrite old characters in a new way that fits some SJW agenda. They care about actually writing a good story. But this success is not appreciated by everyone because the excitement over Mandalorian has really illuminated what the new films could have been. The success of Mandalorian, which had very little input from Kathleen Kennedy, by the way, shows just how inept she's been in developing Star Wars material, especially the new films. It indicates that if somebody else like Favreau had been in charge of the new films, they might actually have been good movies. And Kathleen Kennedy cannot be happy about that. And apparently there's another rumor I saw in one of these videos. There's a rumor that uh, Kathleen Kennedy was infuriated uh, when in the end of the second season, right, second season finale, the last episode of the second season reveals the return of Luke Skywalker. Luke Skywalker comes back. It's an awesome scene. One of the best Star Wars scenes I've ever seen in my life. Just absolutely fantastic. These are the videos that you watch on YouTube of people's reactions because people like crying. It's fantastic. Watching those videos is great. That's Luke Skywalker, isn't it? But anyway, so Luke Skywalker comes back and uh, apparently at the Mandalorian, they kept this very quiet, naturally, because, you know, you don't want that to get out. You don't want, you want people to be surprised when they see that episode. And, um, but even people at Lucasfilm didn't know. And like Kathleen Kennedy, I think, didn't know. Like nobody knew that this was going to happen. So when this video came out, when this episode came out, the, the last episode of season two, and Luke Skywalker's revealed, it was huge. You know, you, you've actually probably heard about it because, I mean, every Star Wars fan site went crazy. There was all kinds of YouTube's, YouTube videos on it. And, and uh, yeah, people were going nuts. And um, this, this became a big deal. This is like a, a big moment for Star Wars. And, um, you know, you had this big effort for years when they were making these new Star Wars films to erase, you know, the history of the Luke Skywalker stuff because that was all toxically masculine, right? And apparently since, you know, Luke Skywalker's come back, there has been this fear among the Kathleen Kennedy camp that they're going to get all these new toxic toxic fans are going to return, or, you know, or toxic fans are going to become more emboldened or something like that, right? They've been trying so desperately to keep Luke Skywalker out of things because they don't want the young male fandom. They want people of color. They want women. This is the fans that they want. And it's like, it's a, it's a very weird idea to me to like dictate who your fans are. Like, I don't, I don't dictate who my fans are. I just put out content and whoever likes it, likes it. Whoever doesn't like me, it's fine. They don't have to watch me. But Kathleen Kennedy is like, Star Wars has this certain fandom. We don't want them. They're toxic. We want to create a new fandom. And she's actually talked about that. She has a new project coming out. I forget what it's called. It's, it's some kind of female-centric new Star Wars show that's probably going to end up being total garbage. But um, she's actually announced that she believes that this will bring in a new Star Wars fandom. And, and she, that's what she wants. She wants to... She wants to dictate who likes Star Wars and who doesn't like Star Wars because she wants a certain kind of fan. That's such a bizarre thing to me. Don't take over a project in Hollywood if you don't like the fans that already exist for that project. It's such a weird, such a weird thing for her to be like, I want to control Star Wars, but I hate Star Wars fans. Like, why would you? Just like, take on a different kind of project. I, I don't know. She's an idiot. The Acolyte. It's called The Acolyte. That's the... 
That's the new female-centric show that uh, they're trying to create. And it is going to be terrible, I guarantee. But there's actually another project that uh, Kathleen Kennedy has developed. And look, I think she's doing a lot of this stuff to kind of compete against The Mandalorian and show that she's actually a great asset to Disney and to Star Wars. So this other project, not The Acolyte, but this other project she's doing is called The High Republic. And it involves Star Wars novels and comic books and like a lot of different media, apparently. There are YouTube videos that go along with this and like a virtual reality thing. I I I don't know. I'm not that into... Star Wars stuff like that. I, you know, I liked the first three movies when I was a kid, and I like The Mandalorian now. But all this other stuff, man, it, it all seems super lame. I, I actually think a lot of this High Republic stuff is supposed to be for children, but is absolutely jam-packed with woke SJW stuff. I mean, every character is either a woman or a person of color or gay. Um, there's one character whose name is Leox Giasi. Which is actually, his last name is actually an anagram of is gay, Leox is gay. And he's very obviously gay. I mean, he's basically a gay Han Solo. It's, I mean, these people are nuts. All right, so let's take a look at some of this. This is Ty Yorick. Uh, it's obviously a black woman. Uh, this one, <laughs> this, uh, this is supposed to be a man, uh, Ram Jamaram. And uh, this is a guy, apparently. I, I'm not sure if it's... I'm not sure if he was born a, a guy, <laughs> if I'm honest. Um, but yeah, this is the kind of this is the kind of character that they're putting in this new High Republic series. <laughs> this, this art is ridiculous. I mean, it's okay. And this is this is one of the first characters that they that they announced for the new High Republic stuff. This is Keeve Trennis. I'm sure this is an anagram for something too. And apparently, this is kind of like a new thing with comics to have the this black girl with like half her head shaved. It's like a very common character now in these um, in, in comic books and stuff because of the SJW thing. You know, they're trying to push this all this SJW stuff. And for whatever reason, this is the character that they love. This is the character that they want to go with. This this black woman with half of her, her head shaved. This is the look. This is what they're doing. This is the first book by Justina Ireland. And I'm going to talk about Justina Ireland a little bit because she's a total racist. Um, but this is her book, Out of the Shadows, with this tough you know, sassy young black woman and probably her girlfriend over there on the, on to her left. Uh, and then uh, I'm sure an effeminate boy uh, on her right. So yeah, that's the kind of stuff that they're doing for this. Is I, I think it's obviously meant for children. But you know, again, they're, they're choosing this radical left politics stuff over good storytelling. And like I said, this is for kids, but I mean, this stuff looks absolutely awful. I mean, it just looks terrible. And the hardcore Star Wars fans seem to agree with me. Reading through the comments about this stuff, the comments are almost all negative. People are saying things like, uh, the cringe is strong in this one. And some guy simply wrote, nope. Uh, Somebody else wrote, I can't wait for this to flop. What a joke. Somebody else wrote, trash. Somebody else wrote, yeesh. (laughs) Somebody wrote, kill me now. Uh, And then somebody else wrote, uh, Toxic fans will be blamed when nobody buys this trash. Somebody else wrote, The problem is, you use Star Wars as a medium for your true passion. What you guys are passionate about is politics. Your focus is not to create a part of the history of the Star Wars universe. You want to send a political message. And then somebody wrote, Justice for Gina Carano. Get woke, go broke, Disney. (laughs) And then somebody said, uh, Nobody cares about this woke book and its woke characters, LOL. And, 
you know, every comment that I saw were just like these. I, I didn't find a single positive comment about this stuff. A lot of people, and I guess this is probably what um, Kathleen Kennedy means when she says toxic fans, right? But the fans aren't toxic because they're conservative or because they're men or anything like that. The reason the fans are toxic is because you're you're making garbage stuff, right? Nobody wants to see the stuff that you're putting out because it's all SJW trash. You're not putting out good products. And if you're a hardcore Star Wars fan, that's all you want. All you want are good projects like The Mandalorian. And you can't get that when you have this like intense SJW agenda that blinds you to producing good work. And a lot of people pointed out in the comments um, that it looks like YouTube has deleted a lot of the dislikes for uh, you know some of the videos and stuff that Disney's put out, some of the stuff that uh, Lucasfilm has put out about the High Republic uh, books and stuff like that. Uh, just like YouTube did when, you know, with these White House videos. You remember when uh, the White House was putting out these videos, these Joe Biden videos recently, and uh, they were getting tons of dislikes, and then YouTube suddenly just magically took the dislikes off. And uh, <laughs> I don't know why they do that. They're like, oh, it's because of bots. It's because of bots. And everybody's like, I'm not a bot. I disliked it. <laughs> now, currently... Um, the first video about the High Republic has about an equal number of likes to dislikes, about 6.3 thousand likes to 5.7 thousand dislikes. But if YouTube is deleting the dislikes, it looks like this stuff is disliked more than it is liked. And, uh, you know, I think some of that has to do with some of the controversy around the host of these YouTube videos. The host uh, that was hired to do these videos, her name is Christina Ariel. And Christina Ariel is a black female Star Wars fan. She's into cosplay, and um, she doesn't have any kind of history as a host. Uh, she's not a social media personality, as far as I know. Uh, but she was hired, I assume, because she was a black woman. But uh, anyway, the one really interesting thing about Christina Ariel is that she is a massive racist. <laughs> now, if you go back through her Twitter history, there are just countless posts that basically say all the same thing, which is that white people are all racist and that they shouldn't be allowed to talk about racial issues. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I guess Christina Ariel is one of those crazy leftists who think that racial issues are purely a part of the black experience. And so white people, they need to be quiet and just listen. So, you know, there was a minor scandal that erupted after her hiring by Disney as the host of these YouTube shows because people found these racist tweets and basically they, they call her out as a racist. So uh, what did Disney do? Did they fire her like they did Gina Carano? Um, I mean, it seems reasonable considering that Gina Carano's post wasn't even racist at all. You'd think that when somebody posts stuff that actually is racist, that they'd be fired, right? Oh, no. No, no, no. Uh, Disney did not fire Christina Ariel, but rather they've come out and they defended her. They've actually attacked the Star Wars fans who've criticized her and they've called them racist. I mean, it sounds ridiculous. It, I mean, it's almost hard to believe. And yet it's all true. If you look up Christina Ariel on any search engine, all the articles that you'll find about her are about how she was the victim of racist attacks and that Disney's defended her. But that's totally false. She was being accused of racism. And, and it was because she has tons of overtly racist tweets. And honestly, I searched for quite a long time to find the tweets that she posted in the various news articles that spoke about this issue. Uh, you know, the tweets that caused this minor scandal. And nobody was printing them. I actually had to search through her Twitter history myself and 
Wow. I actually took screenshots of 25 tweets, which was probably about only like a third of the racially charged tweets that I actually found. But, you know, I didn't want to go too crazy. So I just took screen. I haven't included all 25 in this video, but I will go through them. But I mean, this girl really hates white people. And it's ironic because she's married to a white guy. And, you know, what's weird about that is that that's not actually unusual. Some of the most vocal black racists in the Democrat Party are married to or are dating white people. AOC, Ilhan Omar, Kamala Harris, because she's pretending to be black, but still a racist. Uh, Lori Lightfoot, Susan Rice, Whoopi Goldberg, Don Lemon. These people are all romantically involved with white people, and they're all massively racist against white people. So for some reason, I don't know, this doesn't stop them from being racist, and I don't really understand that, but, I mean, that's, it is what it is. It is what it is. It's, it's a phenomenon. I don't understand it, but it's reality. Anyway, let's have a look at some of Christina Ariel's tweets so that you can see what I mean. So this girl, this girl's racist tweets are various, uh, but as I mentioned before, I loosely fit them into two broad categories. She likes to point out that all white people are racist, which is in itself obviously racist, and she likes to tell white people that they are not allowed to talk about race. Um, the first tweet illustrates the second category perfectly. She writes, you're not entitled to a conversation with black people about race. Uh, so white people aren't allowed to speak to black people about race. That's good to know because that's going to be really helpful in our particularly divided society right now. She also writes, dear white people, I promise you, your black friends don't want to hear about how hard this is for you. <laughs> you know, and this is a common theme with her. She writes, you know, she writes about this a lot on her Twitter because there's a lot of white liberals who apparently write to black people apologizing for white history, stuff like that. And she likes to shut them down and say, I don't need your sympathy. This is not your struggle. You need to shut up, blah, 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 blah. You know, it's like she finds apologetic white leftists annoying and I actually agree with that. Uh, I find them annoying too. But I think she and I probably have different reasons uh, for finding them annoying. I find them annoying because I don't think white people have anything to be sorry for. I mean, some white people probably do. But, you know, slave owners are mostly dead. Last, last time I checked. And uh, the white racists that caused the Jim Crow era, they're all mostly dead as far as I know. So there's really nobody alive to be sorry for this, you know, history of racism anymore. I'm certainly not sorry for anything racist that I've done because I've never done anything racist because I'm not a racist. So I find it really infuriating when these beta males go around apologizing for all white people. I take responsibility. I take responsibility. I take responsibility. Going for a jog should not be a death sentence. Sleeping in your own home should not be a death sentence. We can turn the tide. It is time to take responsibility. Call out hate. Step up and take action. Don't speak for me, dude. But Christina Ariel, she finds these people annoying because she appears to believe that white people don't deserve to express any kind of suffering with regard to racial issues because she thinks that black people suffer under the oppression of white people, and that's the end of the story. Black people good, white people bad. And any nuance beyond that, that's just a distraction from the suffering of black people, which must be blindly accepted and never questioned, and the world must act according to that narrative and that narrative alone. This is, of course, absurd. She lives in a country that 
practically worships blackness at this point. Uh, she literally got hired as the host of a YouTube show, you know, for one of the most powerful media companies in the world because she's a black woman, which, by the way, is bigotry and discrimination in her favor. But, of course, black people, they're all oppressed and white people are all need to shut up and listen to them talk about their suffering. She also wrote, white people need to stop having conversations about black people and listen instead because white people, she claims, have an idiotic view. <laughs> That's literally what she's written here. White people have a, quote, idiotic view. Could you imagine if Gina Carano had written, black people have idiotic views about race? Not even I would say that. I, I would say some black people have an idiotic view on race, as illustrated by Christina Ariel's tweets, but I never say that all black people generally have an idiotic view on race. That's the definition of racism. But Christina Ariel, she would say that about white people because she's a racist. She also wrote, white people have no idea what they're talking about. Lovely. She's written, white people need to, quote, be quiet and learn. She's written, there's no knowledge that you can give me. I know the history of white people. I'm not learning from y'all right now. Uh, and this, I think, is the essence of her problem. She thinks that she knows everything about racial issues and that white people can't possibly teach her anything. And here we have really the crux of the problem with racists like Christina Ariel. The problem is that there are two parties here. There are those who are claiming to be the victims, and then there are those who are being accused of wrongdoing. Obviously, 300 years ago, white people oppressed black people. No one disputes that. Not every white man oppressed every black man, and not every black man was oppressed in equal measure. Obviously, Frederick Douglass was highly respected and well-treated by white Americans. But I don't really want to delve into the nuances of the historic treatment of black Americans. The point is that white people today are accused of facilitating a system of oppression. Now, let's look at that without the filter of our current knowledge of the world. Imagine this from the perspective of a Martian observing Earthlings for the first time. The Martian would say, well, this group is accusing that group of oppressing them. And, you know, I wonder what this accused group has to say in response. Well, if the accused group isn't allowed to respond, the accusation just goes unchallenged. And I think that's really the point, because an examination of reality is that so many black people are successful and so many black people are given so much opportunity over white people in America today that to say that white people oppress black people in any way whatsoever, well, that accusation instantly falls apart. And so the only way to believe such a fallacy is to let the accusation stand unquestioned. And so this has become a popular technique of the left. Don't let the accused defend themselves. Simply believe the accuser. And this is true also with the Me Too movement, right? Believe all women. Remember that? So this is not something that the girl has made up, but it's clearly something that she's bought into. But, but I don't get why people so easily buy into this stuff. It's obviously unethical to say, I'm accusing you of being a bad person, but you're not allowed to defend yourself. She goes on. White people have no clue what they're talking about. White people need to sit this round out. And she writes here, this post specifically says black people and you still chose to insert your experience. Right, because the experience of white people is not relevant to anything, I guess. Uh, and of course, she tweets a lot about how racist white people are. She wrote, uh, just a reminder that white women are just as complicit in the upholding and enforcing of white supremacy. And this was in response to an article about Kaylee McEnany. Uh, she also wrote, 
White people need to carry some of the burden that they've placed squarely on our shoulders. Again, alluding to this idea that white people are bad and black people are good. Just imagine somebody tweeting, black people need to carry some of the burden carried exclusively by white people in America. I mean, such a tweet would be condemned as, you know, some kind of white supremacist thing. But a black person can say it and people just think it's, it's just fine. She wrote, don't pat yourself on the back and try to flex about how you aren't those white people. Again, it doesn't matter if you're not racist because you're white, so you're bad, so shut up. She's written, white people used to dress up in their Sunday finest, grab their kids, and take them to see lynchings. They used to torture black bodies as entertainment. It's gruesome. Now, I particularly hate stuff like this because it it basically paints all white people as monsters historically, and this just isn't true. I mean, every time I, I hear somebody express an idea like this, I think of all the white people who fought for the emancipation of slaves and how their legacy is like, you know, tainted by people like Christina Ariel who constantly point out anything negative they, they, they can find about white people historically. Now, the truth is, historically, some people did good things. Some people did bad things. White people and black people. Historically, not all white people were bad and not all black people were good. But if you're a racist... You have no interest in real history. You merely care to point the spotlight on the sins of the races you dislike and praise the races that you like. This is another example of white people bad, black people good. And look, the reason I'm going through so many of these tweets here is that there is no mistaking that there's a pattern here with this girl. This is not just a single suspect tweet, right? This is a pattern. White people bad, stupid, ignorant. Black people good, wise, knowledgeable. This is clearly the sentiment of a racist. She wrote, I promise you white people will know every breed of dog and can't tell two black people apart. Well, there are two black people that I have difficulty telling apart, but they're twins. (laughs) Actually, I know two black twins. That's kind of funny. One's a set of girls and one's a set of boys. She wrote, white people can't let us have anything unless they can center themselves as the hero. Sure, yeah. Because white people have never written a black hero ever. That's never happened. She wrote, If we quit everything that white people felt upset about us doing, we wouldn't have anything. Oh my gosh. She wrote, We live in a country that does not respect black people or their lives. America is not the shining city on the hill. It's the racist old man saying, Get off my lawn. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is what this woman thinks of America. Disney's golden new host that's totally the victim of racism. At one point, she actually posts her own PayPal address and says, if you're going to ask me to do the emotional labor of explaining black people to you, I have one response for you. Pay Christina Glenn using PayPal. Now, look, the point I'm trying to make here is that Disney is, you know, they have a total double standard when it comes to this stuff. This girl, Christina Ariel, is clearly a racist. But she gets a pass because she's a black racist. And uh, Gina Carano says that persecuting people on the basis of their political alignment is a bad thing. And she gets fired for that? I mean, that is mental. Essentially, Gina Carano was fired for being a conservative. That's what this boils down to. And that is just awful. Disney has become a purely evil company. And I hope they do go bankrupt. There's actually another black woman that Disney and Lucasfilm has hired to work in a prominent position with Star Wars, and that's young adult novelist Justine Ireland. Justine Ireland isn't uh, a particularly good writer from what I've been able to discover, but she is a black woman who writes about race stuff. So, 
I guess that's important. What's interesting about Justine is that she's also a massive racist. <laughs> Let's have a look at some of her crazy racist tweets. She writes, White nonsense gets up early, but I get up earlier. Just kidding. White nonsense never sleeps. Uh, she writes, Shout out to all the black kids on Netflix shows just trying to live their lives while their white friends bring a mess of effery to their doorstep. She writes, To Kill a Mockingbird is literally about absolving nice white people of their responsibility of racism. Because <laughs> it doesn't matter if you're actually a racist. It only matters that you're white and then you have a responsibility of racism, apparently. Uh, white people get to be children until they're like 40. White white people are afraid of spices. And look, there are tons of these tweets, but I don't want to overdo it here. So, you know, you get the idea. Let's Let's move on. Look, at the end of the day, Disney and Lucasfilm... They don't really care about racism. They just care about appearing uber woke. And so they have an opportunity here. Their opportunity is this. Fire Kathleen Kennedy. She's useless. She's obviously terrible at her job. She, she, she's, instead of making good products, she's injected all this SJW woke nonsense into Star Wars. And it's ruining Star Wars. It's ruining Disney. You guys are losing money because of this woman. Fire her. And just bring in rational, reasonable people who want to tell good stories like Jon Favreau. If anything, I would actually encourage Star Wars, I would encourage Lucasfilm, uh, encourage uh, Disney to actually seek out and hire conservatives. Because you want people who are good at their jobs and don't have a woke ideology that's going to destroy all the products that you're creating. If they're going to fire... Gina Carano, one of the only good things that they have going for them, because of their woke ideology, they will indeed go broke, as well they should. Look, I love old Disney, but new Disney is a cancer, and I, for one, will never give them another penny of my money. Over here at Mr. Reagan, Gina Carano, we wish you the best. All right, well, that's it for me. I'm sorry this was such a long video. It was actually supposed to be a really a short video, but, you know... I really hate Disney now, and I just wanted to get all the details out, the whole story out there. So, thanks for watching, and remember, it's not that our liberal friends are ignorant, it's just that they're petty tyrants. Good night. And in that sentence, he told us the entire story. If we lose freedom here, there's no place to escape to. This is the last stand on Earth. And this idea that government is beholden to the people, that it has no other source of power except the sovereign people is still the newest and the most unique idea in all the long history of man's relation to man.